Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal, who's in New York City, where he was last spotted clinging to the neck of a horse saying, please don't take Blackie, please. Poor Bill. No, I'm here. I'm I'm here consulting with the mayor-elect on implementing his progressive agenda to bring New York back to the pre-Giuliani Bloomberg days when crime was rampant, business was fleeing the city, uh, good neighborhoods were constricting instead of expanding, et cetera. It'll be interesting to see what happens here in New York. Yeah, uh, to me, the horse-drawn carriage is a great metaphor issue for the complete detachment from the left feeling any need to justify or defend rationally or with facts or math their policies. There is no reason. I mean, the idea that pulling a carriage is harmful to horses is contradicted by 5,000 years of human history. I don't even hear people debating. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to ban this now. Hope everyone's happy. Go home. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's, it's sort of a funny priority, too. He's so obsessed with inequality and worrying about serious problems. And I do think it's liberalism talks a lot about serious issues and then ends up the only things they're willing to act on are really um you know sort of trivial symbolic things but uh, except when they act on serious things and they do some real damage <laughs> yes they do but uh, you know 2014 uh, uh your colleague fred barnes had a piece 2014 will be the year of the republican i uh talked about it on my radio show up in new england got a lot of backlash from people saying no 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 2014 is going to be the year of the progressive Liz Warren, Bill de Blasio, they are leading the way for the uh, Democratic Party. They're going to fire them up and counteract the uh, Tea Party uh, energy in the uh, midterm elections. Well, I mean, on the Democratic side, I am struck how strong that sentiment is. I mean, I think it's suicidal for them, frankly. Um, But they think that the lessons that Bill Clinton learned and taught them, which is how to come back to the middle, how not to be the party of Mondale Dukakis, uh, at all, that those lessons don't apply anymore, that there's a real progressive majority out there. I think that's nuts, frankly. I mean, it's one thing to reelect a president by a very narrow margin uh, against a not-so-great challenger. To think that that somehow is a real mandate for progressivism, uh, we'll see what happens outside of New York City and Massachusetts. Maybe those two, that city and that state, will unfortunately be subject to progressive policies. But I don't think the country wants to go in that direction. And I think 2014 um, could actually be a very good year for Republicans, uh, and Fred explained some of the reasons, but they won't be, uh, you know, Republicans, of course, God, God knows, can shoot themselves in the foot and every other place, too, and they may well do that <laughs> over the next 10 months. But uh, here's what strikes me. In Virginia, where I live, Ed Gillespie, the former Republican chairman, right. a good guy, a guy who could actually bring the party together, I think. He originally started out working for Dick Army. He's quite conservative, but he's also kind of an establishment type in a way. Um, I think he's going to run against Mark Warner. I think he'll announce within a couple of weeks. And that's a big deal. Mark Warner was supposed to be not one of the real vulnerable Democratic senators. He was supposed to be in that tier of pretty safe, or really very safe, almost Democratic senators. Ed Gillespie uh, wouldn't be running. I know it pretty well. You know, he's not running on a lark. He's not running because he has nothing else to do. He's not running because uh, he wants the media to cover him and he's going to make some symbolic statement. He's running because uh, he's a real pro and he's running because he thinks he can win. And then I hear Scott Brown uh, is very serious about New Hampshire. And again, Scott Brown's a real political pro. And if he didn't think Gene Shaheen was really vulnerable, he wouldn't be going at it. So suddenly it's not just in Arkansas, North Carolina, Louisiana, right. Alaska, the states that, um, that uh, Romney carried where Democratic senators are in trouble. Democratic incumbents, I think, are in trouble in states that, in purple states, in states that Obama carried, like New Hampshire, Virginia. And then there are the open seats in Michigan and Iowa. I think it could be a very big Dem- Republican year.
The uh, talk here in New England is that uh, Scott Brown is ready to run in New Hampshire, assuming that no one who's kind of at an A-level stature steps up. And that's what's been uh, hurting Republicans in New England. And to a degree, I think the last two cycles, the relative weakness of the candidates. You start looking at what the Republicans have for 2014 when you've got a Scott Brown and an Ed Gillespie ready to go and other really strong candidates uh, uh, around the country. And then you look at the presidential election for 2016. If I'm a Democrat, I'm concerned... Forget the you know ideology or you know specific how the poll numbers for the president. Who are the horses you've got who can compete with these experienced, tested yet, yet relatively young and inspiring Republicans around the country? Yeah, I don't know, and I do think the Republic, look the Republicans. You know, the, the whole, there'll be a bunch of Senate nominees and House nominees this year, and there'll be a mixed bag as they always are, and some will be stronger than others. But I think this year it looks to me like. Republicans might avoid, on the one hand, the really tired establishment nominees right. uh, who are past their, you know, their best performance date. I mean, George Allen in Virginia in, in 2012, uh, who had been a good governor, but that was 15 years before. Tommy Thompson in Wisconsin, same thing. I don't really see many people like that uh, coming out to run. Uh, but I also don't see, you know, the Todd Akins, the people mm-hmm. who are just going to put their foot in their mouth. And if you've got Tom Cotton in Arkansas, someone like Ben Sass in Nebraska, who I think would be the stronger of the nominees, but the, but the other guy, uh, um, Osborne, Sean Osborne's pretty, is good too. They're both, like, one is 41, one is 39. Right. I mean, these are impressive younger people running in different, in, in various states, Iowa, Michigan, open seats. I think they're impressive uh, Republican women who may well get the nomination, pretty conservative, but also make it a little harder to run the war on women campaign. Um, now, I think Republicans might finally get a little bit of a break in terms of the quality of the field uh, they're putting forth in 2014. And then, as you say, 2016, I guess it's going to be Hillary, huh? Is that what you hear? <laughs> <laughs> I get all my inside information from Matt Drudge, so yeah, I assume it's Hillary. I just, I don't, I don't know. You know, is that really God, golly? Someone who came on the national scene so long ago, and I really wonder if she's going to end up running. But if she does, I think that's okay for Republicans. I mean, it sets up a real uh, time for change versus uh, more of the same. And I just can't believe more of the same is going to be attractive uh, after eight years of Obama. Particularly with uh, the uh, progressives we were discussing earlier, the de Blasio and Warren supporting voters out there, the Occupy movement voters, they don't want to support a corporate, you know, kind of tired old hand like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I was teasing Brian Schweitzer. I was on uh, uh, ABC's This Week with him on Sunday on the, on the roundtable. And before that, I was going on about how he should challenge Hillary, and I think he actually is going to. I don't know how serious a challenger uh, he'll be, but um, he, he'll want to run as an anti-war um, populist uh, right. challenger to Hillary's left. There is a market for that in the Democratic Party. I don't know that it's a 50% market. It might be a 30 or 40% market, but I don't think she'll have a, as much of a cakewalk to the nomination as people think. And so, and this will probably drag her to the left, incidentally, which, again, I'm very dubious about. Uh, people can tell themselves, I guess a lot of left-wing intellectuals are telling themselves that there's a great market out there for uh, new progressivism. But I, I don't know. I think middle-class Americans want a political party that will speak to their concerns. That's something Republicans need to get very serious about, more serious about, um, not to be the party of Main Street, not, of Wall, not so much of Wall Street. I think that's important for Republicans. But the Democrats aren't trying to be the party of Main Street. They're just trying to be the party of liberal elites. And then, uh, I guess, speaking a little bit for the poor and those who are dependent on government. 
Well, uh, a, another uh, col- a conservative columnist that we know, George Will, made the comment over the weekend that nothing does the Republican Party more good than unbridled uh, liberalism in force. And so letting people see what uh, de Blasio wants to do, letting them see what President Obama has been trying to do, has absolutely been a boon for conservatives. And I don't see in 2014 that trend changing. I don't see a moderate Obama uh, bursting out of the White House. And I don't see uh, Bill de Blasio leading a wildly successful New York that causes other cities to go, yeah, that's what we want, higher taxes and more horse bans. And I will say in foreign policy, which I know conventional wisdom has it, you know, isn't a voting issue I think at some point, though, voters look around the world, and they may not have loved Bush, and things. The, the Iraq War wasn't run well, and there were some mistakes made. But we've not, we're going to see now that we are seeing the consequences of five plus years of President Obama and of weakness, and of a sense around the world that we're we're in retreat and we're not serious. And I think that gets awfully scary. And people, I do not think, are going to uh, want more of that either in 2014 or certainly at the presidential level in 2016. Well, now we know what will happen to those uh, horses when they're banned from the cities of New York. They'll, our soldiers will use them in the mountains of Kandahar to fight back against Al-Qaeda. So that's their future. They're pretty old. Uh, <laughs> I say, I've, I've, I've actually seen those horses up close there in Central Park uh, South, and I don't know. They're not really... Uh, our soldiers are pretty impressive, and they could do, they could they could do well on almost anything. But those horses are pretty. They could, we could we could do better, though. God knows with Obama's budget cuts and defense, we'll probably that's the kind of horses they may end up having to use if they ever have to fight on horseback again. If they did, I guess when they originally went into Afghanistan, right in two thousand one. Yeah, for all the SPCA folks who are pushing this horse ban, I have two words for you: French entree. I'm afraid that is the future. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time here on the Weekly Can't Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host. Host Michael Graham.